Hey, retro lovers, welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your Nostalgia Junkies. So I'm Alex. I'm Joe. And this is Nostalgia Junkies, our spooky season spectacular. I'm excited, man. It's the time of year. Let's, let's get into it, man. Ooh. So we actually got some new news from McDonald's. By the time this episode is airing, this might be some old news and you might have missed out on the promotion. But Boo Buckets are back, baby. I'm excited about that. When I walked in today and you said Boo Buckets are back, I was like, no way, dude. Yeah. That so, brings up some memory. So you're going to try and cop some Boo Buckets, right? Yeah. I'm going to try and get it all. Because how many are there? Are there four or five of them? So typically there's always been three but from what McDonald's has released, it says there's going to be four this year. So there's going to be the witch, the pumpkin, the ghost, and the vampire. I'm going to try and get all four of them. Which I remember there was a, uh, a time back when we were kids that there was a vampire bucket. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the typical like Jack Lantern-esque face. Yeah. It was just like a bunch of bats on a purple bucket. That's the one I remember. Yeah. There wasn't like, anything vampire really about it. Exactly. It was just like it was it was bad. It was it was, it was spooky, but that's the one I remember, which I feel like out of all of them, that's the one that I'm gonna try and get this year. Because like mm. upstairs we, we have all the boot buckets. We have the nineteen ninety-three ghost witch and pumpkin, which for I know for you, for myself, mm. for Jocelyn, we were all nineteen ninety-three babies. Exactly. So I I don't know why, but nineteen ninety-three is the year that we all kind of congregate to, even though that's not the year we remember, because that's the year we were born in. Yeah. But that's like the most iconic year for us. I, th- I feel like a lot of stuff came out in 93 too. And a lot of stuff came out on VHS and when we started being able to watch it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like lived back in the day, like, you know, a year or two in the past kind of. So when we were two, year- two years old, we were watching 93 stuff. So yeah, I think that's how it goes. You know, I, I agree. Like 93, I-, I feel like 93 was a special year in the 90s. Like, one, we were born. So that, that's special. That's very special. It's a little conceited. But 93 just had a huge boom for t- cartoon, toys, and promotions. 93, you were enough in the 90s where stuff started to get going and it started to succeed. I agree. I think, yeah. you know, 93 was very popular. And I think the next big one you probably got was 95. Mm-hmm. I'd say 95 was a pretty big year. I was going to say 1993 actually had one of the biggest movies to this date for the spooky season. Hocus Pocus. Really? That was 93? That was a 1993 movie, which we, we just released a TikTok video that 1993's Hocus Pocus was actually lost Disney $16 million. But it has seen a huge globe where it's become one of the most profitable franchises for Disney for spooky season being the top streamed Halloween movie put out by Disney for the last three years. That's pretty impressive. I didn't know it was, you said they lost $16 million? In 1993, Hocus Pocus lost Disney $16 million at the box office. You know what year they kind of like broke even? I I feel like it was probably around the 95 to 98 range because after seeing that terrible success, Mm. or lack of success, I should say. Yeah. They put it on Disney Channel. They put it on ABC. They put it on ABC Family. Basically, mm-hmm. you have a terrible, you have a, not a terrible movie, but you have a movie that didn't garner a lot of reception at the movie theater. So it's not doing good with VHS sales. So the only other place you can go is we got to put it on TV and get networks to buy it. Yeah. So they put it on networks and it's like, oh, this is a Halloween movie. Let's tune in to watch it. It's a new Halloween movie. And that kind of kickstarted, like, hey, this might be a good idea for us to go down, which then we I mean, obviously know Disney started doing the Disney Channel original movies. Yep. We got Under Wraps, we got Halloween Town, we got Scream Team, we got Twitches, we got. I mean, we could we continue to name them. It it goes we can on go and on, on for days. Like they had a new movie every year for almost eight years. Yeah. But Hocus Pocus was a cinematic release that I would say is probably the most widely recognized Disney chan- or Disney movie that it it was a failure at release. Yeah. I'd say like Hocus Pocus. When I think of Halloween, I feel like, you know, that's the number one movie that comes in everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. No one like, I don't even, I can't even think of a second one really. 
For me, it's always been Halloween Town. I've always been a Halloween, Halloween Town, Town kid. Is good. Yes, yes, that like is a Mar- good Marnie Piper and the Cromwells. That has been my go-to. Yeah, but I feel like you are either a Halloween Town kid or a Hocus Pocus kid. Agreed. Because we know Hocus Pocus got a sequel. I think it was last year. Yeah, I want to say last year, or the year before that. Mm-hmm. But they're actually slated to release a threequel next year or twenty twenty-five. Uh. uh... Do you feel like the threequel is doing justice to the Hocus Pocus Sanderson sisters name or is it just Disney's attempt at a cash grab of a cult classic? See, I don't want to say it's a cash grab of a cult classic, Mm -hmm. but what I think they did is they took the cult classic Mm -hmm. and was like, you know what? We can, there's a market for this. Yep. And let's do a sequel. And then the sequel would be the passing of the torch. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see now you can have, uh, you know, the main characters in there having, you know, a movie a year or even doing like, you know, a Halloween special every year. And that becomes like, you know, the new Halloween uh, Disney thing that people can look forward to every year. And it kind of relates back to Hocus Pocus. And that's going to, you know, generate a lot more sales. Yeah. When Hocus Pocus 2 came out, I know Brandon and I talked about it last year on the podcast. Yeah. That I wasn't super into it, but then I watched it. And you know what? It was good. And he was a Hocus Pocus kid. I was a Halloween Town kid. And there were definitely aspects that both of us could appreciate. Someone who's a diehard fan versus someone who's a casual fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a need for a third movie. I feel like there's definitely a want for a third movie because you have your lifelong fans from the 90s. You have your new budding fans from the current day. We're like, yes, you can definitely see that there was a huge spike in interest that you could do a third movie. I don't think there is a need for a third movie. And I feel like this falls into the conversation that we've been having so far throughout the season that is there a need for a reboot? I don't think there's a need for a reboot. I think. If they do this right, we shouldn't hear anything else about the Sanderson sisters. I think this is more of a passing of the torch, and it's going to be something separate, something different, mm-hmm. um, mainly because, you know, if you've seen the end of two, it makes sense of what I'm saying. I'm not mm-hmm. going to spoil it for anyone. Um, but I think, you know, series needs to evolve, and the casting definitely show, like, you know, they are trying to be a little more progressive on their casting. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first movie... Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember anyone of color in there. I, unless I went back with a critical lens, I, I can't name I anyone. I can't remember. But in the Where second like one. Sam Richardson was a prominent character in the second yeah, one. Yeah. And then, you know, the main character was, you know, a mm-hmm. um, person of color and stuff like that. And her friends and stuff like that. I, it was definitely a great, I think the second one was very, very good. Um, I was going in with very low expectations and. I think they crushed it, man. Like when they yeah. went into the store and they were talking about like, you know, we need brooms. And actually, you know, you see them arriving like a, a vacuum or a, yep. a Dyson. I was like, yo, this yep. is this is perfect. A Swiffer, bro. Yeah, that's what, that was I, amazing. And what having found out about the lack of success that the original Hocus Pocus found because, mm. like, you know, growing up, being born in 93, when Hocus Pocus came out, by the time I was cognizant enough to remember Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus has already become a cult classic. Yeah. But looking back at like the fact that it, it failed at the box office and then seeing how they portrayed the Sanderson sisters in Hocus Pocus 2, it was actually really well done. Like the yeah. Hocus Pocus, uh, sorry, the Sanderson sisters were kind of a joke, but yeah. they were still loved by the people of Salem. The movie Hocus Pocus was a failure, but it's still loved by the true fans. Yeah, and I think what they did great with the second one is they cleared up, you know, a lot of questions we had, like, you know, why was, why are the Sanderson sisters loved or, you know, what was the story behind it? And they mm-hmm. kind of, like, cleaned it up a bit. I thought it was, they did the best they could with what they had, and I think they hit it out of the park. I agree. But speaking of spooky season shows, mm. yesterday, at the time we're recording this, yeah. Goosebumps dropped. Yes. And on the last episode, we talked about how we were going to watch said show. 
And we originally expected there to be only one episode drop. And I know I said I was going to watch the premiere and you were going to maybe watch the premiere or hold off and wait till more of the season drops. Up, yeah. They didn't drop one episode. They dropped the first half of the season. Which I thought was pretty cool. When you came in and told me that, you're like, did you see the first episode? I was like, no, nah, I'm away for the build up. Dude, you so, said you could watch it right now. It's just like five episodes. Dude, so I, we're not going to talk a lot about it tonight because I don't want to ruin it for you. And I know that I already have a lot of opinions, as I many as I already normally do. Justin Long's character is a great balance between his goofiness that we've known from like waiting, dodgeball, accepted, mm-hmm. into more of a menacing role. Okay. And it's been really amazing to watch Justin Long grow as an actor from when we were kids to now. Yeah, I remember last episode we were talking about his growth and, you know, just his ability to play different roles and act a certain way. I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to this. You know, I saw it on your uh, TV up there. You know, I was just like, ooh, I got to like make sure I'm not paying attention. But I'm excited. So I threw on episode one last night, expecting there to only be one episode. And then it said episode two starting now. I'm like, okay. And I watched from like 8 p.m. to one in the morning and just watched the first five episodes. And I got to say, I was very happy with the way that our predictions from last episode aligned with what was done in, this, in the actual show. So if you didn't listen to last episode where we finished our recap of the 90s cartoons, go back and listen to what our opinions were of Goosebumps because we, we were pretty spot on. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say any more because I, I don't want to ruin it for you. But dude, with what our opinions were for how this show would actually be written... We were right on target. I am so happy. Well, you know, some you win some, you lose some, man. This is a win for us. This is a huge win for us. You had Hocus Pocus last year with you and Brandon, and you had Goosebumps with me and you. That's crazy, man. Dude, we, we are right on target with Nostalgia Junkies. We called that there would be a third movie at the release of Hocus Pocus 2. We called how Goosebumps would be written and directed. We are on target. I am so happy with our calls on this podcast right now. You've been hitting them, man. Dude. And even the things that we've called that we were hoping would be wrong, a.k.a. the Chris Pratt as Mario. We're just win, 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 baby. Win, win, win. What do you say we go on to our next section, this or that? Yes. I love a little bit of this. I love a little bit of that. So our first this or that section for our spooky season episode is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? I would say, ooh, ooh, ooh. It has to be this or that. It can only be one or the other. Halloween. Halloween. They have a song. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Yup. Yada, yada, yada. Do they have a Christmas one? I don't really think so. And the Kidnapped Santa Claus, you know, they have this whole song about Santa Claus or sorry, yeah. Sandy Claus. Sandy Claus. Sandy Claus. But I definitely think it's, it's more of a Halloween movie with Christmas elements. Yeah, the whole idea is they're trying to make Halloween better than Christmas so that, you know, you kidnap Santa while he's, you know, down. Nightmare Before Christmas definitely has a lot of Christmas elements to it. But like with the aspect of the whole song of this is Halloween, Mm -hmm. you have Jack Skellington, you have the mayor, you have the, I can't Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie, thank you. You have Rax, Shack, and Bear, whatever the names are. Yeah. And like it's it's very much more a Halloween movie Mm -hmm. than it is a Christmas movie. And I think it definitely plays a lot with just the musical aspects of being... Halloween opposed to Christmas. Yeah, I think if you take it as a game version, though, for example, like when you play in Kingdom Hearts 2, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely where they added the Christmas element because, you know, you're going up to the North Pole and things like that. So it was a little more Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like, you know, you got a Keyblade for a skeleton or for you know, skeleton and stuff. I'm going Halloween, you know, a lot of Halloween elements, dark, eerie. Um, you know, it's like saying, like, is Die Hard an action movie or a Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, it's having a Christmas party. So, so let's go to our second this or that question. All right. When you're watching a horror movie, 
Yeah. Do you prefer the slasher film or a psycho thriller? I know slasher films. Uh, give me an idea of a psycho thriller. So like Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds, for example. Never heard of that. Really? You've never heard of Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds? I've heard of Alfred Hitchcock, but well, I don't... well, Psycho. Like, oh, that like, like Rose Red, The Haunting, um. Some something that's more of a suspenseful thriller than like uh, uh, blood okay. and gore. Okay, something more like you know, um, you know, Annabelle things, the haunting things like that. Yes, oh. yes. Um, so less less jump scare and cut a bitch. Well, more, it, it leaves you with like it just messes with your mind. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think I'm more of a slasher film. Uh, yesterday, while you were watching Goosebumps, mm-hmm. I actually watched Friday the 13th from 2009 mm-hmm. um, as my first Jason movie. Mm-hmm. Love the movie, by the way. It was a really good movie. Um, a lot better than I was expecting. Um, it was either that or the original. And I was like, damn, you know, this might be kind of scary from what I've heard. And people mm-hmm. are like, eh, you know, it's kind of scary. But as I was watching it, I was like, as bad as I thought it was going to be, you know, I'm seeing these people get sliced up and killed. I'm just like, huh. So for me, I, I'm more of a psycho thriller. I love that suspense thriller. I'm not a fan of jump scares. It's mm. one of the, I don't, I don't go to haunted houses. I really hate jump scares. Mm. Uh, you know, getting spooked by a werewolf at a haunted house when I was like seven and then falling down the basement stairs. You know, the, um, <laughs> like the hatchways to the back of the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were at we were at a haunted house. I'm walking out of the hatchway to the basement, and a werewolf like jumps out and scares me. And I'm like five, seven years old. I fall backwards down the stairs, and of course, you know this this guy was an actual father dressed up as a werewolf. He gets scared that he sees a five, seven year old fall down the stairs, so he runs after me. Meanwhile. I'm five year, five seven years old, seeing a werewolf run down after me down the stairs. So I'm I'm scared shitless. And he's like, oh no, little kid, are you okay? And I'm like, get away from me. So that that for me, like in green, like I'm not a fan of, of the jump scares. I love psycho thrillers. I do have an appreciation for slasher films. Like mm. it's more like if I know I'm walking into a slasher film, I will enjoy it. Okay. If I'm walking into a movie blind and I don't know if it's a psycho thriller or if it's a slasher film. And it ends up being a slasher film with a bunch of jump scares. I, 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 I honestly, I, I panic. I don't like it. It messes with my anxiety. Mm. I got another this or that for you. You know, when we were growing up in the nineties and yep. early thousands, what was your favorite way to go trick or treating? Did you prefer having a specified trick or treating bucket or bag, or were you a pillowcase kid? I feel like if you had a specified, you know, plastic bucket with the jack lantern. Mm-hmm. No, your parents loved you. Um, you were struggling a uh, hoodlum like me, probably you at times. That pillowcase, you could sling over your shoulder, bro. I just love how you led with the aspect. Your parents loved you. Bro, they gave you a, a weapon, man. Now with a pillowcase, dude, you got to load that thing up with candy to become a weapon. Let's be real. It wasn't your parents loved you. It was that your parents were affluent enough to be able to afford a bucket that was used for one night a year. Yeah, and every every year they would pull it out of storage, you know. Or, off the or they, they'd buy you a new one. They were pretty cheap back in the day. Now I think about it, you know. Yeah, they're, they're only like maybe seven or eight bucks at the yeah. most, but they were flimsy as hell. There were some really expensive ones I saw that were really good as a kid. Really? Like, you know, some real heft to it, thick plastic. Um, they had a handle. It had a little bit of rope on it. Well, so I remember... So remember we're talking about the McDonald's like the boo bucket buckets. with yeah. the vampire bats around it. I remember using that for Halloween one year. And I was walking through my neighborhood and it was probably less than an hour of trick-or-treating. Mm. I filled that shit up. And I wanted to keep trick-or-treating, but my ba- my bucket was full, so we had to go home. Well, the pillowcase you can fill up the pillowcase, man. You can fill that you, shit up, You throw man. that shit over your shoulder, you're done. Best part I found about the pillowcase, you use your pillowcase, you fill it up with candy, right? You come home, what do you do with that pillowcase? Put it in your bed, man. You empty it out, put your pillow in there to go to sleep, and now your pillow smells like candy. See, I didn't do that. No? 
I took a pillowcase and I filled it up with candy, brought it home. That pillowcase was just a candy bag. That thing would, you know, I would tie a knot in it and I would put it all the way in the back because I, I usually had like four or five pillows. So mm-hmm. it'd be pillow, you know, the walls right here. I'm putting candy pillow right here. Two pillows on top of it. Skies. Dude, once every often, a little knife, make a little hole in it, pull out the candy you want. If you keep untying it, untying it, it's oh not going to be as you know, secure. I got you. I got it's you. It's a small little thing where you can get like one or two fingers in there. I remember, I remember just pouring it on the floor of my bedroom. And that was it. I preferred the pillowcase to the bucket. The bucket, you could only fill it with so much candy. Yeah. The pillowcase, it was like, it almost seemed like an infinite amount of candy. I also feel like the buckets were, it wasn't the actual bucket that was the issue. It was more the handles and the holes that the handles go into. Yep. Cause it was I feel like when around. you were just swinging it, it would just eventually snap. And yep. at a certain point, now you're just carrying it. You're like, yo, you're better off with just a pillowcase at that point. Yep. And because your parents didn't want to carry it because the whole thing was you carrying it. Yep. I'm going to say pillowcase over bucket. A final this or that question. Going back to scholastic book fairs, mm-hmm. thinking about the books. Did you prefer to read one of R.L. Stein's classic Goosebumps book? Mm. Or were you a scary stories to tell in the dark fan? Which one do you think I was? I feel like you were scary stories. You are correct. I didn't read my first Goosebump book until I was in, I want to say, when we were sixth grade. I think that's my first Goosebump book. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, the basement. Like, you know, the, it was like, you know, there's something in the basement. It was like this plant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a scientist. Um, and that was my first Goosebump book. Very good book. But I always feel like scary stories to tell in the dark was always good. Mm-hmm. Not only were they, you know, very elaborate, very good, but, you know, there was always a book and there was different stories in there. So you can flip through whatever you want and be like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I read one and four. <laughs> Let me just finish up three. So I have this whole section of the book complete. But I thought Scary Stories, Son of Dark were pretty good. I read it during uh, the school day and I could I could tear those up. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love Scary Stories, the Tell in the Dark. The, the imagery that was inside of them. Yeah was just phenomenal the way that it was written. I feel like it was just better quality literature. I could agree with that. I feel like, you know, the Goosebump, because remember, a Goosebump book is one book devoted to one story. So I don't want to say it's it's drawn out, mm. but it's it's not as elaborate for the quantity of text. Mm-hmm. Where scary stories to tell in the dark, you're reading like, you know, maybe three to four pages of a short story mm-hmm. and you have this that imagery and descriptive literature that's inside those four pages to just tell you one story. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. It was good. Where, you know, it, it, you're talking about a short story versus a long, short, long form story. Yeah. And I like both of them. For me, I was always scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I actually po- put up a post on our Instagram. Do you yeah, prefer goosebumps that. or scary stories to tell in the dark? Dude, Goosebumps just blew scary stories to tell in the dark out of the water. Which I find funny because I was asking my friends, I was like, what are you doing? I think I asked five people. Two of them said Goosebumps and three of them said scary stories to tell in the dark. Right. But I also know it's a different crowd. And the people I asked that said, you know, hey, I prefer Goosebumps. They were like, you know, mm-hmm. three, I want to say two or three years younger than us. So, mm-hmm. you know, my brother and people like that around their age. So I think, you know, for our generations, mm-hmm. ours was like the scary stories of Tom the Dark. That, was it feel like at that point, like Goosebumps kind of saw a rise and then it plateaued. And then we were in like that plateau for Goosebumps and that's yeah. where scary stories came in. And then mm-hmm. scary stories did the same thing and that's where Goosebumps came back. Exactly. But I just, I just got a kick out of the fact that both you and I have said scary stories. Yeah, our Instagram, not only did the voting just completely abominate yeah like scary stories it was like 80 percent goosebumps 20 percent scary stories but i even got dms people saying goosebumps hands down goosebump books goosebumps movies goosebumps this goosebumps that and i'm like that's that's just my opinion man like i think scary stories as a series was much better i enjoyed it i felt like it was a little darker too agreed which is I will say one of the reasons why I'm absolutely loving the Goosebumps TV series right now. Mm, Foreshadowing. Yes. So I'm not going to say anymore because I'm going to let you watch that. (laughs) 
So let's get into our meat and potatoes. Mm. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey y'all, Alex here. If you've enjoyed listening to our spooky special so far, consider dropping us a five-star review and sharing our show with your friends as it really helps us grow. If you haven't yet started following us on our social medias, check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Nostalgia Junkies Podcast, all one word. We're closing in to 4,000 followers on Instagram, and if we reach it before the end of the month, we'll be doing a special nostalgic Halloween giveaway. Now, back to the show. For today's main topic, we were going to be comparing the top three Nickelodeon cartoons. However, I, I, can, our, I, I can explain this one. Let me explain this one. Okay. The task last week was, or the task I was given before, you know, our vacation, our trips was, hey, you know, I need you to go get three cartoon Nickelodeon. You, I went back. You definitely said Nickelodeon cartoons. I waited like two or three days after. And I was like, Alex said something, but I don't remember because it, it was really late when I got home. I forgot the word Nickelodeon. All of mine we're cartoon networking today. Oh my gosh, dude. When you, t- we were going back for today. Like, yeah, I got, I got three cartoon network cartoons. I'm like, what are you talking about? Dude. So but, um, we are, we are, we're calling an audible on today. I know we said that we're going to do the top three Nickelodeon from our, both of our perspectives, but we're actually going to be doing top three Nickelodeon cartoons from my perspective mm. and top three cartoon network from your perspective with our honorable mentions. I think we both have at least one honorable mention from Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon, vice versa. Yeah, I got one for Nickelodeon. I'm pretty sure you have one for Nick, uh, Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network. Oh, yeah. You know what? Next year we switch. There we go. So my first like Nickelodeon cartoon for Halloween spooky season that I just absolutely love to watch. Remember Jimmy Neutron? Yes. You know, brain blast. Got a blast. <laughs> I always remember Jimmy Neutron. I love Jimmy Neutron. Also, the soundtrack for the movie was phenomenal. It was really good. Their Halloween episode of Night in Retroville was amazing. It was really good. When Jimmy creates that machine that turns them all into actual monsters, Sheen becomes the werewolf. Carl becomes a vampire. It was great. His father becomes Frankenstein. (laughs) And the mom doesn't even know the difference between her husband, Hugh, and her husband, Hugh Frankenstein. It was great. I I absolutely love that episode. Just for, honestly, kind of how innocent and how we all kind of wanted to become monsters back in the day. Yeah. And I think the great aspect of that was Jimmy Neutron turns into like the floating octopus head from like their Retroville B-movie. Mm. And that is what he becomes at the end of the episode to like kind of save the day. I love that whole concept of them becoming the real monsters. I love the fact that Carl became a vampire and turned Cindy into a vampire. Sheen <laughs> became a werewolf, turned Libby into a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, it was such a good episode. It was like low stakes, high stakes. It was just interesting. And I will say, Jimmy Neutron, especially with their Halloween specials, the animation was just a little bit more elevated. You can definitely tell they put a little more extra effort into making, mm-hmm. you know, that 3D shading pop a little bit. You know, yep. certain colors are just a little more, you know, vibrant, but, you know, it's dark. It's a little more darker, so we're putting a little more shading into them. It was, I thought the animation was amazing in that one. It was like after they came out with the, I can't remember what their first TV movie was. It was Attack of the Twonkies or the game show one. What their first TV movie was. After they did the first TV movie, that's where like Jimmy Neutron started receiving, I think, additional funding or additional time to get the shading and animation done well. Yep. Because they realized like, hey, this is a really good show. We need to do this more. And then that's where like, you saw like the Jimmy Timmy Power Hours. Like, dude, I love. We- we'll do a whole episode on Jimmy Timmy Power Hours. Mm-hmm. I loved the Jimmy Timmy Power Hours. Those are really good. I like. I-, I just love the crossover. Yes. What's your number three Cartoon Network? Halloween spooky season episode. So number three for mine was Ed Ed and Eddie's Boo Ha Ha. Okay. The premise of the story is Eddie. I'm pretty sure it was the um, temperamental one. Uh, His brother had a map for, uh, you know, it was a map to Spookyville. And it was the best place to get the Halloween candy. It was, you know, you know, creme de la creme. And, you know, he spends all day Ed, Ed and Eddie all day trying to figure out this map and eventually go um, 
get a big score for candy. They don't find it. But as the day is going on, you know, everyone's a little different. Like, for example, Plank is now no longer Plank. He's uh, Plankenstein. Uh, was it Jimmy's a spider? <laughs> you know, the sisters, the can- canker sisters or whatever. The, 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 yeah, the canker sisters. They're the witches and stuff like that. And everyone has like their own like different type of thing. You know, Sarah's a vampire. And it, it's really weird. Um, they all become these different things. And it's just Eddie's just going a little crazy. You know, he puts his friends like, you know, away. He's like, you know, I'm going crazy or whatever. And then eventually, you know, he realizes that the monsters he thinks are trying to attack him. He realizes, oh, I just ruined everyone's Halloween. So they're kind of mad. So now they're coming to kick my ass. Mm-hmm. Eventually he finds out that his brother played a prank on him. And the map just led him back to his house at the end oh, of the night. God. But it was just a wild goose chase to get him back to point A. And I thought that was just like a funny concept. And at the very end, like, yo, this was just like a waste of time. And I thought Plankenstein was genius. That's hysterical. I love that. But I will say, I think uh, my favorite thing with Ed and Nettie had to be their love of the Jawbreakers. Yes. Because like, Jawbreakers are good candy. They're not great candy. They they kind of they suck ass. Like out of all candies in the world, like that's like the lowest form of candy. You, you get a giant jawbreaker once, and you honestly you're not putting that thing in your mouth because you can't. You can't. They made it too big, so like because oh. someone actually put it in their mouth and their jaw they got oh. locked jaw and it was just stuck. Do you remember um, the um going to light compounds? Yeah, and getting the jawbreakers like the size of an apple, mm. and we all thought we could stick them in our mouth like we. Like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. Wasn't possible. No. And then if you did, you then couldn't get it out. Do you remember Shaw's? Yes, I remember Shaw's. Shaw's actually had the jawbreaker. Yes, and it was the in candy the candy aisle. Machine. Yeah, in the candy aisle where oh you actually gosh. have to like, you know, turn how much candy you want. And so me and my brother originally had jawbreakers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, After Beck and I'm like, you know, we won't ask for anything else or whatever. So what we ended up doing is we each had a Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, you know, we would just start. Oh, we started licking, bro. Once you got. I'm sorry, what'd you do? Okay. I just want to make sure. Anyway. <laughs> the idea was while we were in the car, that was our snack. So every time we had our jawbreakers, we were just like seeing who can get perfectly halfway through a jawbreaker. Um. Once you got halfway, it was kind of done at that point. You're like, you know, mm-hmm. you already saw the colors and yep. it was just rainbowed. But I remember it took us like like 13 months to get halfway. And it's just like Ziploc bagged it up. I am going to go to my second Nickelodeon top pick for Halloween. It's it has to be Hey Arnold's Arnold's Halloween. I knew you were picking this one. I knew it. That is such a phenomenal episode of cinema. Arnold wants to help his grandfather decorate for Halloween. And his grandfather's like, no, 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 no. You're too young, Arnold. You're too young. You can't help us. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. So he and Gerald decide to just prank the entire apartment building with their play of the aliens. Yeah. And he also like gets all the kids involved dressed as aliens. And the fact that it gets picked up by like the the Twilight Zone guy mm-hmm. in the show. It was just so good. Like, I love the fact that, like, their small little prank became, like, it shut down the whole city. It was a phenomenal episode. It's a good Halloween episode, but it's just a good episode. That is one of the episodes that I remember going back. You know, you had a, they had a little bit of the black and white, like, the t- Twilight Zone part, right? Yeah, because there was, like, the guy that was, like, the conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And he ended up picking up their radio broadcast and thought it was like an actual alien, like landing and sighting. And and then the whole news broadcast picked that up and they shut down the entire city. See, mine is, um, mine's weird. This one I saw, I didn't watch as a kid. Okay. But as I was watching, you know, all these cartoon shows, I saw this one and I was just like, this is just perfect. This one is the Halloween special for the amazing world of Gumball. Really? That's your number two. That was surprisingly my number two. 
Um, for those who don't know, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis because when I saw it, I was like, I need to click on this. Anyway, they go to a haunted house and eventually they become Halloween ghosts. Okay. When I was reading it, I literally thought it was, you know, they're, they're pretending people that they were ghosts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny. Just, you know, a lot of slapstick, you know, humor and stuff like that. Very relatable. It was refreshing compared to stuff that, you know, we watched as a kid. That was kind of like cheesy. Um, but I thought overall, a lot of the jokes were, a lot of the jokes just hit in general. So I just appreciated that. Um, and overall, the animation was just really good. Um, a lot of stuff I was watching was a little, you know, grainy, a little old, old fashioned. And just seeing something that was Cartoon Network, but also fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the gumball, their animation style was really good. It was just a breath of fresh air. And I was just, I just kept going back to that, I noticed. So that was like, I was like, you know what? Number two. And I was surprised because I'm not a gumball kid. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen maybe like six episodes in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. This was number seven. And it was definitely something that, you know, got me a little more invested in the show. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe this might be a series I might want to start picking up again. Gumball's not a show that I've heavily watched. I remember, like, I would throw on an episode every now and then teaching when like, the kids have earned, like, a free day. Yeah. And, like, what do you want to watch? We got anything on HBO Max. And they, want, they would want to watch Gumball. Yeah. And I would say Gumball actually is one of those good shows where it has, like, that lowbrow comedy for kids but that more highbrow for adult. And like we were talked about, I think the animation style, one of the last podcasts where it's like that kind of discombobulated animation style. So I'll have to check out their Halloween special. Yeah, it's really good. And I, I thought it was definitely worth a while. My number one pick was definitely, you know, I actually watched it before I came here and I was like, yeah, still as good as I watched it the other day or the uh, last week, but I loved it. But I, I want to hear your number one. Well, so before we get to the number one, I wanted to talk about, we actually put down a poll on our Instagram on what was the best Halloween episode. Mm. I mean, hands down, we, we got a lot of results back. The most common response, and it was spearheaded by one of our fans and our friends of the podcast, Girly Dip. Mm. She, she's always commenting and just loving our stuff. She's a huge fan and friend of the podcast. Thank That's you good. so much, Girly Dip. We appreciate it. But her response was Arnold's Halloween. I feel mm. like among like our, our friends and fans of the podcast, among Nickelodeon fans, Arnold's Halloween has been the favorite episode. Like Arnold, Hey Arnold was a great show. It definitely had a lot of memorable moments and their, and their specials are definitely special. I will say. Yeah. They did a really good job because it, it's not a show that's out for cheap laughs. It's a show that is like we talked about last episode. It's relatable. Yeah. It's a relatable show that, you know, you vibe with or you don't vibe with. And if you vibe with it, like you're part of that crew. You want to be on that baseball field. You want to be in Arnold's bedroom. You want to be walking up and down the street, yelling, move it, football head. Hey, Arnold, there's a show that come Halloween, you wanted to be a part of the crew, dressing up as an alien and just spooking the shit out of everybody in that apartment building. That was our, that was our number one from our Instagram poll. Before we go, what were your honorable mention for, um, uh, Cartoon Network. So my honorable mention from Cartoon Network, um, I actually have two from Cartoon Network. Mm. The first one, it, it's kind of, it's not really one episode. It's like a series of episodes. Ben 10. That whole excerpt of Ben 10 where he's encountering the monsters. Yeah. Whether it's the werewolf, Frankenstein, Ghost Freak, the vampire. That whole thing, like, it's not a actual Halloween episode per se, mm-hmm. but it was such a good just culmination of episodes that was great for that October month. Mm. I would, other than that, for Cartoon Network, I would say, dude, the entire series of the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, <laughs> from Nurgle to Billy to the Spider to Mandy to Grim, it was a great, great, great show on Cartoon Network for Halloween. So you want to hear my honorable mention for Nickelodeon? I do. I do. So um, my honorable mention was the Rugrats episode, uh, Candy Bar Creep episode. So remind me of what what that episode is. Oh, um, this is the first time the kids are seeing Halloween. 
So Angelica told, you know, hypes up reptar bars. So she's like, you know, you, you go around, people give up reptar bars, your tongue turns green, um, and all these things. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. We, we need to find a way to get some of these reptar bars. And next thing you know, they're just observing Halloween and mm-hmm. they see people like, oh, look at those people right there. There's a skeleton or whatever. And then you see him just take off the face and they're like, oh. He has two faces. Tommy, how are we going to get candies? I only got one face. Mm-hmm. And so it's just them like learning about like Halloween. They're seeing their parents put on their costume and Didi's putting in the fangs. So she's like, you know, like a, a vampire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Stu's putting on like, you know. Oh, the bolts for me, Frankenstein. For the Frankenstein. Yes, yes. And they're like, oh, our parents are turning into monsters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And eventually they get the candy bars and stuff like that. And everyone's tongue is green and stuff like that. But it was like a way for them to introduce reptile bars. And it was a way for them to introduce Halloween, even though it came out in like January. So I remember the Rugrats curse the werewolf where they're like, Angelica's telling the kids that, hey, if you don't bring me your candy, you're going to be stuck as monsters yep. for the rest of your life. Yeah. And she like basically like threatens the kids to get them candy. And I remember Dee Dee being a vampire and Stu being Frankenstein. Yeah. And so that's just like interesting. Yeah. But I also like the continuity, like, you know, that later on you see, like, hey, they saw the same costumes. It's like, but that's just that continuity of, like, yeah, they, they have, like. That's totally what a parent would do, too. They have kids. They're just going to reuse the same costume. But should we go to our number ones? Yes. Yes. Okay. My number one Nickelodeon Halloween episode, Fairly Odd Parents, Scary Godparents. Mm. I love the Scary Godparents episode with the Pumpkinator. And Timmy wishes that everybody was real and scary. It has the whole song in there. And I feel like that's what made it the best Halloween episode. It had its own devoted song about being real and scary. Mm. And the fact that Timmy Turner gets turned into a real mummy that's just decomposing. is like, being a mummy sucks. Well, no shit. You're a mummy. You're dead. And he, like, then has to, like, save the role from the Pumpkinator. And he gets, like, thrown in the clearance bin. The Crash Nebula boots. The Crimson Chin Chin. The Tutu. It was great. I, I love that episode. I've already watched it twice this Halloween season. There's a lot of stuff in that episode, too. Like, a lot of, you know, callbacks and things like that. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's a really good episode. My number one, I've actually watched twice as well. Really? What, what is your number one? So, my number one, I originally thought it was a Scooby-Doo episode. Okay. But as I'm looking for it, I'm like, I can't find this. It's not on any of the ones on Scooby-Doo. Hmm. The other character was crossover. And that's how I found it. Johnny Bravo meets Scooby-Doo in the gang. So for those who don't know, Johnny Bravo is on his way to visit his aunt. I think Aunt Petunia. Um, and, you know, his car breaks down. He's trying to fix it you know he's like there's a lot of fish in this kennel or whatever pulls up a fishing kennel um and he sees a pair of headlights coming down who is it the mystery machine. the mystery gang he's like oh hi i'm trying to get uh to my aunt's Ooh, house uh down the road can you guys give me a ride and they're just staring at him 100 meter stare just through him just he's like you know I'm, I'm trying to visit my aunt in a town over here she's right down outside of town don't care. She's in a spooky house downtown. Oh, jinkies. He's like, oh, I don't know what these jinkies are, but uh, no, nah, she lives down the road. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, the fact that like they were like, bro, we ain't picking you up. A spooky house down the road. And that's what got the. And that's when the, yep. we, we got to go check it out. How many times did he hit on Daphne and Velma? So surprisingly, he got he hit on Daphne like uh, every time. I want to say it was about. Before they got to the house, like two or three times, and then every time in the house, every time there was a jump scare and Scooby jumps into Shaggy or whatever, he would jump into Daphne. He's like, "Oh, we really got to stop meeting like this." And I'm just like, "Yeah." And then we had the iconic moment where you know him and Velma bump into each other. Their glasses are on the ground. He puts on her glasses. He puts on her his sunglasses, and she's like, "No, I really can't see." He swaps the glasses and she's like, oh, I can see you now. He's like, oh, that's good. Won't you ever touch my sunglasses? I, <laughs> but ultimately, it was just a great episode. There was a it was a gardener. It was like the grounded gardener or whatever. And eventually, you know, they 
They capture it in a chandelier and like, all right, time to reveal the person. They pull off the mask. It's it's someone from the callback from another episode. Like, you no, know, Larry, the lieutenant or whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah we got away with a bunch of meddling kids. And, the, and Fred goes, oh, wait, I think there's another mask back here. Pulls off the mask. Harry, the huntsman or whatever. He's like, yeah, man, I can't believe you got rid of my first mask. I can't believe you got that. And they keep pulling off masks. And actually, no. Joe Barbera and Johnny Bravo. Who was this guy? And I'm just like, yo, they really made Joe Barbera, the person who made the, the these shows, you know, uh, the, the villain, the villain. But eventually they pull it off and it's his aunt and his aunt was like, no, I don't want to see you. You come out here and try to visit me. I hate you. And then the Mr. Gaines like, I'm sorry. We, we were just trying to come and solve a mystery or whatever. Is there anything we could do to make it up to you? She's like, there is one thing. They go into the woods. They tie Johnny to a tree and they leave him. They drive off with his aunt and his aunt smashes Shaggy. What? Yeah. The last 30 seconds are wild. She looks at Shaggy's like, so what you trying to get into? And he goes, and then smiles. I will say this. There was a lot of innuendos. There was a moment where uh, Daphne, you know how Fred usually breaks up the gang? Yeah. She goes, uh, all right, Fred and Velma, you guys are going to go down here. Me and Scooby are going to go down here. And that's it. Fred goes, <coughs> uh, Daphne. She goes, what, Fred? He goes, oh, yeah. Um, I'll go with Fred. Shaggy, you can go with uh, Johnny. And Velma, you can go with Scooby-Doo. But it was just one of those things like Fred's like, uh, excuse me, I'm not sharing right now. You're, you're, you're with me, Daphne. So I just oh love that. Dude, I, I vaguely remember a Johnny Bravo Scooby-Doo crossover. I don't remember all of that. Because I feel like the last time I saw it was a kid. But I will. Is it on HBO Max or anything? What's it on? Uh, I had to find it on like Vimo, Vimo or something like that. Okay. I, I will definitely be watching that because that sounds hysterical. But those were our number one Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network spooky season episodes. Should we get into our trivia cards? Uh, yeah, let's finish up with that. If there is any attempt by either contestant to cheat, especially with my wife, who is a dirty, dirty tramp, I am just going to snap. Do you want to ask or answer first? Uh, you know what? I am going to... I'm going to ask. I got a couple of ones I think you'll like. In 1990, John Madden football became available on the Sega Genesis video game console. Who was featured on the cover? Who was on the cover? Yeah. John Madden. Correct. Yeah, for the first couple of Madden footballs, John Madden was always on the cover. He was always on that thing. So here's my question for you. What was the popular underwear brand where the logo featured a yellow smiley face? Ooh. It was like Jack in the Box. It was like, was it Joey's? Very close. What? So it's, it's, it's Joe something. Joe Smile. No. No. Joe Boxer. Oh. Yeah. You can see him at Walmart, just like on the, on the rack. Yeah, I, I see the face. I, I was Fruit of the Looms, my friend. Oh. I got one for you. Now I'm Reebok. But. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what is the total number of WhatsApps in the original 1999 Budweiser commercial? How many WhatsApps are there? Can we do a high low? Uh, yeah. 15. Lower. 11. Lower. 9. Lower. 7. Lower. 3? More. 5. Correct. There's a lot more. Than I think it's the reduns of um, you know what after is, Scary Movie. That's, it, 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 it's a scary movie. It's got me. I'm thinking of that whole bit with the guy in the screen mask. Yeah. So, 5, surprisingly. Oh, my God. Okay. Which one of these stars was not a cast member of the Mickey Mouse Club? Ryan Gosling, Britney Spears, Mandy Moore, Justin Timberlake. I'm going to go Ryan Gosling. No. Mandy Moore was not a member oh, of the Mickey Mouse Club. That was my Club. next guess. I was like, oh. 
I was like, Ryan Gosling, I feel like came out a little later, but. I mean, yeah. I feel like we all know that Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake yeah. were part of the Mickey Mouse Club. Always. Uh, I got one since it's kind of Halloween. I wouldn't say it's Halloween, but. Okay. You need to guess who this person is. There's three clues. I was the first woman of African-American descent to be put on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. I was also a Victoria's Secret angel. I taught the world how to smize on my show, America's Top Model. Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. She had to learn how to do what? Smize. S-M-I-Z-E. Smize? Smize. I don't know. I don't watch it. I don't know what Smize is. You said America's Next Top Model. I'm like, oh. Yeah, Tyra, Tyra Banks. Banks. That that last one gave it away. Yeah. Um. Okay. So put these Jim Carrey movies in order that they were released. Okay. Batman Forever. Okay. The Mask. The Cable Guy. Liar, liar. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Okay. In the year they were released. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go the Cable Guy first. Okay. Then I'm going to put The Mask. Okay. Then I'm putting Liar, liar. Okay. Then I'm putting Batman and Robin. Well, Batman okay. and Robin wasn't enough. I'm sorry. Batman Forever. There we go. <laughs> Like, that was a completely different movie. That was Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. Yeah, exactly. Um, incorrect. Shit. The, the order is The Mask, Batman Forever, The Cable Guy, Liar Liar. Dude, I, I'll be honest, that is hard. It is movies released 94, 95, 96, 97. Oh, okay. It's, okay. it's not even like there were a couple of years between those. It was just back to back to back to back. I love Liar Liar, one of my favorite movies. It is, it is, I don't want to say they're the same par, but like the same release schedule as like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Waterboy. Yeah, and Big Daddy. And Big Daddy. Like you, you got the Jim Carrey and the Adam Sandler greats right there. Yeah. But those were our, uh, our trivia questions for today. I love trivia, man. I love, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the show, to be honest. Dude, I, I love, we're almost at the end of our, our box here. I don't know what we're going to do when we run out. I'll buy another one. We're gonna have to find someone. If you so, if you know of a good company that has '90s or '80s or 2000s trivia that we should be doing on the podcast, please send it to us in a DM on our Instagram or TikTok or YouTube at Nostalgia Junkies Podcast because we need something because we are dangerously low. Yeah, we got uh, 50 cards left, so about nine episodes. (laughs) Woo! Okay, but I've been Alex. I've been Joe. And this has been our Spooky Season special. Peace. Hasta luego. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure to never miss an episode. Till the next episode.